Business Books. Business Books. On The Money Show. The internet was still in its infancy when the dot-com bubble burst and technology shares were slaughtered worldwide. And one of the companies that saw its stock plundered was not only survived but has thrived is the subject of tonight's book. It's called The Everything Store, the definitive story of Amazon.com, probably one of the most successful companies in the world. It's been driven since its inception by Jeff Bezos, who's got a reputation of being secretive. He's got a reputation of being something of a genius in the world of technology. And so we don't have time to read all of the books. So what we thought we would do is give the book to the um, managing director of Yuppie Chef. Yuppie Chef is one of South Africa's foremost online retail portals. And the MD of Yuppie Chef is Andrew Smith. He's with me in studio this evening. You've got big bags under your eyes. You've been reading late into the night. Did you like the book? I, I did. I did. It was definitely up my alley. You chose the right person to give the book to. Are you in awe of Jeff Bezos? Is he like the guy who in online retail worldwide walks on water? He, he's a complex character, and I think reading the book, you realize that uh, there's certainly some aspects of him which are admirable, and his focus and his uh, determination to reach his long-term goals. And on other sides, I think, gee, uh, I don't know if I'd like to make the number of enemies that he made in his company and outside the company. So it's, it's a bit of a mixed bag, I'd say. Give, give us some of the stories, making enemies inside and outside <laughs> of the company. I mean, many great visionaries, many people, great business leaders are really nonplussed about making enemies. It's just simply part of the job. Well, yeah, I think that inside in terms of his reputation of being such a demanding uh, boss to deal with where he would just set up meetings on the weekend or in the evening and expect you to be there, the way that he would throw tirades and uh, and his, the people inside the business would call them nutters, how he completely lost the plot. And, uh, and there's actually a whole lot of, uh, sort of Jeff quotes that attribute to him like, uh, does it surprise you that you don't know the answer to that question or why are you ruining my life? <laughs> uh, <laughs> why are you ruining my life? I think he also had one which was, uh, if I have to hear that idea one more time, I might have to kill myself. So you can imagine sort of presenting your, your hard work. I'd idea repeat to the idea and watch <laughs> the result, yes. Yeah. Okay, but he's clearly quite melodramatic. He's clearly very fiery. He's clearly very passionate. Um, and maybe it's a trait of the great success uh, stories in the world of technology that you've got to be slightly bonkers. Um, and, and Jeff Bezos comes across in the book, it would seem, as being slightly bonkers, as was, of course, uh, the, the great Apple founder, Steve Jobs. Mm. There are actually some parallels between those two in that uh, Jeff also lost his, well, his dad moved out when he was four and he never saw him again really for the rest of his life. And so some people have drawn parallels between that. Brad Stone, who wrote this book, tried to sort of stay away of the, the easy parallels and try and tell the story himself. And, yeah, I think that to have the type of long-term vision where you start a store from, uh, from your garage, basically, on the top of a, um, a door frame and you say, we're going to sell everything to anyone in the world. And that's the vision that he had. I think to, to try and achieve that vision where most of us will will not have the stamina to walk such a long road and to and to sort of resist the temptation of the years to sell out in one way or the other and he has stuck fast and really the story of of Jeff Bezos is the story of Amazon because they're so uh, intertwined and and what's interesting about the book is it starts right there page one is about 1994 and I'm starting the business it's not a, a biography which c- kicks back to you know he was born and his parents were this and his parents parents it gets right into the action because it really is a book telling the Amazon story and the Jeff Bezos story at the same time is, does he have a retail background is he a guy who worked in a shop and thought nah these these things are dead i'm going to go and have a warehouse and i'll deliver stuff to people's homes and to, 
to their offices? Absolutely not. He was he worked for DE Shaw, which was a hedge fund company in New York, and they had quite a, a strong technology basis. And so this was in the early nineties, and they were investigating different things, and they actually bought one or two sort of technology type companies. And he decided he wanted to sell, uh, have an online store that would sell everything. And he pitched the idea to his boss, and the boss was fairly keen, but he decided he was going to go and uh, start this business in, on his own. And one of the fascinating things is that he he packed all his stuff in a minivan and he told the the removals company to drive west. He says, I'll let you know where when I decide. And he got in a a car himself with his, uh, I think it was his wife at the time, and they headed west and they ended up choosing Seattle. Um, Well, you can't go much further west, can you? (laughs) You get a bit west after that. (laughs) And the reason they chose Seattle is because of the the sales tax laws, which said if you don't have a physical presence in a state, you don't have to charge sales tax. And so he chose Seattle because it was relatively small. And he didn't want to choose California because then he would have to charge sales tax in California. So Seattle was just as uh, the spot that he chose on his route west. Mm, absolutely. I mean, Seattle's been the home of so many fabulous companies. Um, we've got uh, the Seattle Coffee Company, of yeah. course, which comes out of that. But, uh, of and course, the, the mighty Starbucks and Microsoft. Uh, Seattle's been a very good base for, for many companies a- around the world. He starts out, though, selling books. Yeah. I mean, that, that was the basis of it. And it nearly, nearly went bust, didn't it? Well, he sold books because that's the, the, the easy thing to sell online and that the customers know what they're going to get. If you order a, uh, the latest Harry Potter book, it's not going to arrive and it's be a frying pan or something else. <laughs> it, it is what it's going to be. Mm. Uh, and one of the good reasons is that it's got such a long tail. So you could launch with one and a half million books, uh, whereas the average store, the Barnes and Nobles, or the competitors at the time can only stock a few thousand. And so that was part of his, his differentiator. And that's, that's a model which has been followed uh, around the world by different companies and even locally here. Kalahari started Absolutely. with books and then, then expanded from there. And and it was a – the fascinating thing is about the scale, and this is something which my eyes are open to. In, in his first week of business in 1994, they sold $11,000 uh, worth of books uh, and in week one. And, and certainly our inexperience, <laughs> it took a very long time to, to reach $11,000. And so you saw the scale. Week two was $17,000 and all of a sudden they had logistics headaches on, on day one. And they launched in 1994. They, they have an IPO in 97. Uh, and so the scale and the speed, it really was. He got the market at exactly the right time as it was taking off and, and one of the early pioneers. So they knew how to burn money and he knew how to raise money very well. And and so over those those years of between then, the kind of dot-com crash of 2001, they raised an enormous amount of money and they made enormous losses. And in fact, they made losses until very recently. And even even to this day, their profits are, are fairly anemic and they're trading at about a 50 times PE. And that's what I don't understand is if this is the great success story that is so hyped and so um, this is held up as the global model um, it isn't a particularly successful role model. I mean if your kids were going to be following a role model like this you'd go hold on a second, um, this is a deeply flawed individual. Well he is the 12th richest, richest man in the he US. He is the 12th richest man <laughs> in the United States. However the company, I'm, referring, I'm, I'm talking about yeah. Jeff Bezos I'm sorry, if, if uh, Amazon.com was a person and this was somebody's role model you'd say you can find a better role model for, for managing your life. Amazon.com is not a great business role model is it? Well it it's a winner takes all market so he's, he realises that if you're an orthopaedic surgeon in Cape Town you're not competing with uh, the best orthopaedic surgeon in Joburg or New York whereas online uh, it's a winner takes all market you know Google can have 100% of the searches in the world and Amazon can have 
maybe not 100%, but it can have the vast majority of all retail in the world. And so their story over the last 20 years has just been about invest, invest, invest. And and Jeff himself thinks that, uh, well, he tells investors, I could turn the tap at any time and start making profit, but I'm still grabbing new land. And so he's out to do that around the world with every type of product. Uh, they're now, obviously, they're digital books, but even in Amazon Web Services, they're selling uh, services to other companies, storage and computing power to companies. They, um, they're getting it's into... The everything it's, it's everything store. It's everything. And so that, I think he's saying, well, this is 20 years is not long for, for big companies. They're going to be the fastest retail company to $100 billion probably this year. And I guess he's saying better than us for the long term. When you look at it and you draw parallels between your own life and starting up, uh, yuppiechef.co.za, yuppiechef.com, I beg your pardon, yeah. both of those. Um, when you started Yuppiechef, you're reading the book, you go, yeah, we did that. Yep, we, we did that. Oh, there's a nice new idea. I mean, do you, do you find parallels? There, there definitely are some parallels. I particularly enjoyed the parts where they were struggling with things that we were struggling with. And we thought, uh, I'm surely we're the only ones who, who's struggling with this and we must be idiots. And then you, you read about them and think, oh, thank goodness. Uh, their, their mistakes are just on a much, much bigger scale. In 1999, when they got into toys after the Christmas season, they had to write off $39 million worth of un, unused toys. So, so we face similar problems just on a much smaller scale. But there definitely are parallels. And one of the things I, I also enjoyed reading was about uh, how they would come up with these great ideas and I'd read a page or two of the great idea and think oh that's amazing they got into jewelry because there were wonderful margins and the, the industry was kind of locked up in the way that it was working at the moment and they were going to crack it open and then you get to the end of the page and they say that was a complete failure and, 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 it, and it didn't work and I think oh thank goodness because you, you have in your mind that a company like Amazon must have been successful at everything that it touched and, and it wasn't and, and that, that part of the story if you are in any business I guess but particularly in any online business it was encouraging to read the mistakes that they they had as well. When you look at the, the Yuppie Chef business, does it sort of tempt you to broaden your scope because you're very much focused on the kitchen and you're very much focused on making the kitchen beautiful and functional? Uh, you may never use the blenders and everything else that you buy, but geez, they look good. People <laughs> think you're brilliant. Well, you know, one of the, the in, in retail, well, online retail, you, you have different types of, of online retail stores and you've got the generalists like Amazon who long term, there probably will only be one, maybe two winners, even in the local market. I, I don't think there's space for three or four or, or um, different competitors in that space. And if Amazon does choose to flex their muscles in, in a country like us, um, it, it could be really tough for the generalists. And so we've, we've decided to stay very niche. And I think if you're going to compete with Amazon, one of the ways is to not sell the things that Amazon sells or not sell them in the same way. Uh, so we're expanding into into other products which we feel if you can't get them on Amazon, we can compete in a different way. We can mm. compete around service or around the way that we, we create a community and that you can engage in where some, a generalist store like Amazon is not able to do. So we've resisted the temptation. We've stayed focused on kitchen and food and drink and, and inspiration and teaching you to cook and, and everything which, which creates a differentiator from a very powerful competitor like an Amazon. Are you inspired or petrified having read the book? I, I, I am inspired. I, I think that, uh, you know, you, you read their growth and you read it all in one sort of one week period of reading a book and you can become a bit petrified, but you have to remember that this is 20 years and, sure. and we have a time to go as well. I, I'm inspired by, I think, what the new economy has given us, that, that you really can, the little guy can compete and, and Jeff on his own with no experience, no capital when he started the business from his, from his garage and we started from a lounge in Plumstead, that you can read that story and think it is possible. You know, the, the rules of 21st century business mean that the little guy can 
can take on the big guy and can do well and can create uh, a, a lasting leg- legacy so quickly. And so it, it is an inspiring story for, I guess, any entrepreneur. You, you do have to remember that it was a unique period of time. You know, the dot-com uh, boom that was in the late 90s and, uh, and then bust and, and the start of the Internet and things. We might not see another uh, gold rush like we saw then, but it, it is an inspiration for all entrepreneurs. One of the best jokes of 2013, or maybe it was late 2012, was Jeff Bezos' wife asked him to pick up a Washington Post on the way home, and so he bought the company. He must have misheard her. Does it talk about him buying this old world business of the newspaper, the Washington Post? I think that was, it, it appears very, very late on in the book, yeah. and, and almost anecdotally in amongst a bunch of things, showing how broad his, his scope is and his vision. It, it touches on how he has a space program, um, and he's, he's trying to get into space. He's also got the, uh, the clock of the long now. He's trying to build a, a clock that will last for 10,000 years. So he's, he's a quirky person who has very, very bold when ideas. When you've got that much money, you can afford <laughs> to have crazy ideas and be quirky. Absolutely. But one of the interesting things, just picking up what you said about his wife, uh, if you go to Amazon.com and search for the Everything Store, his, his wife's She's review, on sale? Oh, no. Uh, no, no. <laughs> but she did review the book and she gave it one star. Uh, and uh, it was quite interesting because she was, you know, Jeff Bezos himself did not put himself up for interview. He's, yeah. He encouraged the book to be written and he told his friends and families and colleagues be involved, but he himself didn't get interviewed. And Mackenzie Bezos, his wife, was a bit upset with the way that he had, uh, the author, um, had had sort of taken one side of the story or, or put thoughts in Jeff's mind. So I'm at this even time, more Jeff tempted to read it now. <laughs> the wife hates it. It must be true. Now, um, is there one thing at Yappy Chef that you're going to change as a result of reading this book? Sure. Uh, I, I think we, I'm, I'm going to tell everyone to read it, all the, the, the stuff. Um, so perhaps if, if I'm looking like a, uh, a tyrant of a boss, they can re- realize that really luckily, speaking, I'm not. Luckily, we don't work for Jeff. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and I guess also to, um, to show everyone in the company that, that you can make mistakes along the way and you can, uh, you can recover things and we can try things and, and pick ourselves up and, and keep going afterwards because it is a, uh, one of the great things that, that Jeff really puts forward is that uh, you've got to take a long-term view on things. And, and so I think that we can get so pressurized and so caught up in the race of trying to build something now and be a success now, uh, that it's okay to give yourself permission to think five or ten years out, and, and that's probably healthy for all companies. Andrew Smith, the Managing Director of YappyChef.com, uh, one of South Africa's great success stories in the online space. Reviewing our book this evening, the details are on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Bruce Business, but the book is called The Everything Store, The Definitive Story of Amazon.com, um, and it's uh, a fabulous read, and Andrew Smith has thoroughly enjoyed it.